Hello, Horror Fanatics! I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh! The Horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe or follow to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. <laughs> you can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. You can check our website out at ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Check out our back catalog connect to our social media presence all that jazzy good stuff yeah yeah how you doing oh fabulous really yeah hmm. yeah fabulous no i'm tired i'm exhausted i'm tired, <laughs> I'm tired too boy it's been quite a week we're uh doing oh, this on the man. tail tail end of the holiday weekend we hope everybody's having a blast. Enjoy your Labor Day we- if you have one. Weather's been uh, incredible mm-hmm. here in central New York. I believe the word you're looking for is incredible. Mm-hmm. We had a good day Saturday. Yeah, a great day Saturday. You know, went to uh, the Farmer's Museum. We did. In Cooperstown. Yes. And uh, then we had the, the BOGO deal because your mom didn't see the M.C. Escher exhibit. So oh, my god! We got to see that at Fenimore Cooper. Yeah. I think... I think I may have introduced my mom to a new favorite artist. Hey. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, if that ends up being her favorite <laughs> artist, I'm calling that a win. Yeah. No, it, it's amazing because uh, it was really cool because that was the second time yes. we saw it. Yes. So I got to spend time with my favorite works that he does, you know. Yeah. And there's two especially that, like, I look at and it's like, this is just a whole different caliber of artistry. Like, it's just, it's incredible. For me, what's fascinating is, and I think they did a really good job setting up the exhibit, Mm -hmm. because usually when you think of Escher, you think of, what is it, the Tessel, where he, the The devolution... It, it, he had a term for it. Yeah. And that's generally, you know, it's almost like optical illusions. Like there's, yeah. there, it's like things have no beginning, no end, but they kind of do, they kind of don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and uh, playing with perspective. Yeah. He was. And really dancing with the, the lines mm-hmm. of what your perception yeah. is. Yeah. But his, just his regular, works his his art and his lithographs mm-hmm. and his illustrations and landscapes in and of themselves yeah are phenomenal mm-hmm. and the one that got my mother the most it was a landscape mm. it was just black white and gray mm-hmm. so just really two colors black and white yeah. and the variations of it mm-hmm. and it's it, they give you to a description and it says it's made from six wood blocks. She goes, you can't see where she's like, it looks like one big piece. Like it was on one big block. She's like, I don't, I don't. It's incredible. (laughs) She she was like, I don't understand. No, I think, and that's, that's something where if you read through like an art book with him, you, you know, for the longest time, 
and I just had the fortunate instance in my life to grow up with some really exceptional artists. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know until later that, yeah, he was doing, I, I thought he just drew all that stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and that's literally what I thought for the longest yeah. time. And then, like I said, fortunately, I grew up with some really, really talented artists. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day, uh, I, <laughs> I remember one day we're hanging around, uh, it was like a fire and uh, like just out in the backyard or whatever. And we're talking about it. I was like, yeah, I'm like, it's just crazy that somebody could draw like that. And like one of them turned and he was like, dude, he didn't draw any of that. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, it did that with the wood, the like wood yeah. carvings and wood press and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, wait, wait, what? You yeah. know, and then they explain that whole medium to right. me, yeah. you know, and they're like, yeah, no, he carves this up in wood mm-hmm. then puts the ink on it, rolls it on yeah. there and like the multiple colors, he's got to do multiple pieces and all that. And then I just, that put me into a whole yeah. new level. Of yeah. Like, all of a sudden you're like, yeah come again (laughs) because here's the thing he does draw it he does draw it out Mm -hmm. and then he has to carve it into the wood blocks yeah it's all these steps yeah Yeah. so he's doing this like three four times for one print yeah yeah and you're just like what? No, it's it's literally incredible. And then what? <laughs> and then like once you get past that part of his work and actually get into his work itself mm-hmm. itself, you know, mm-hmm. I mean that's when that's when you really start seeing like I said it yesterday I said it yesterday and I meant it. You know, you see something like that, like all his work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see the mediums that he used yep. and how he did things. Mm-hmm. And you realize, I, you know, I said it yesterday and there was a few, I said it out loud. I try to be quiet in those things because everybody's having their own moment and yeah. all that. But I said it out loud to you and like a couple people turn and they're like, yeah, it's so true. It's like, it's those moments right there when you realize how overused the word genius is. Correct. You know. Because if I'm being honest. Because that's genius. That's genius. That's true genius. Yeah. You know, they always say that the creative minds, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're the creatives. They're yeah, less analytical. Yeah. They're the artists. The emotional yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah. He is a hunt. Like there is so much math oh, and yeah. geometry, and and yeah. calculus involved it's, it's, in what he does. It's amazing. My mother, she looked at. She was on like his sixth work, mm-hmm. and she goes. There's so much math in this. Yeah. And yeah. I go, yeah. 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 Now, the other part that's cool that he does is he also does it in your mind, too, on very basic things. Mm-hmm. So there's that one. It's one of my favorites. So I'll, I have three. You know, and the funny part is, is like my three favorites of his aren't even like the famous ones with like the steps going to nowhere. And, oh, yeah. And no, all that my stuff. favorites have. But uh, there's the one where it's um, and it has a few takes on it, but there's one in particular where it's the uh you know it starts out with the fish on the bottom and then the fish rise up to the birds and the birds are on the top and the whole point of that drawing or lithograph or what i forget the medium that he did it with but the whole point of that was is that you can have two things happening at the same time Mm -hmm. but you can only concentrate on one you can't concentrate on both and that's a really, really deep statement because that is literally life. Yeah. Like life, you can, I think it's happening right now. Mm-hmm. There's 
two major things going on right now, and you can't look at both because it's such an extreme. But right. for him to capture that in yeah. a eight by eleven piece of paper or something mm-hmm. like that is incredible to me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now I'm I'm glad we got to do it again. You know, and oh, I love the Farmers Museum. I mean, if you're ever in the Cooperstown area in New York, um, definitely like the Fenimore Cooper Museum is amazing. I mean, yeah. there's just they've got an incredible stuff. Collection. But the and Farmers Museum, nice. The Farmers nice Museum yeah. was awesome. Yeah, it's I mean, my it favorite was museum. Really good. Those buildings, I couldn't believe the shape they were in, and the pristine. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just really like took you right back to period like. Not old, like like new. The number know. of times I said, I haven't been here since I was 10. I know. <laughs> and it's virtually unchanged. Yeah. Like, there's new things. They've added mm-hmm. more. But I was... No, I... There's, there's, I have a problem with some things where they're not really kept well. And I get it. It's a ton of work. And it's mm-hmm. a lot of money and all that stuff. And unfortunately, their historical society has the ability to pull it off. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I like it when it's pristine like that because that's how it looked in that time period. Correct, yes. When it was new and when an it was built. It's like snip, snip. Yeah. And snapshot yeah. in a period of time. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's really, really cool. But it was. It's, it was a uh, good day. Yeah. Oh, it's been Found a good restaurant. Great weekend. Yeah. yeah. It's a wonderful weekend. It was. So, um, you know, you always tell people to uh, rate and review and I do. subscribe. I do. And people do it. Yes. So there's a few we'd like to give our thanks for. Okay. Uh, there's a MX Sandy 12. Such a great show. She said. Nice. So you're, you know, thank you. And you're welcome, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I We'll keep trying. Yeah. And um, there's this one name. I don't, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's like Iakeen Kasson or something like that. Okay. Uh, love this podcast. Such a fun podcast. The hosts are as factual and really love their fans. We do. Yeah, yeah. We so, really do. So we try. We, we love you we, guys. We try. We love you so much. We try to get facts. And there's a really good one after this. Yeah? Yeah. Mountain Mama, Mountain Dot Mama, um, has potential. Uh, we do. But the male host's <laughs> attitude ruins it. So equal opportunity, you know. Mountain Mama gave us one star, so I don't think Mountain Mama's coming back. Oh, uh, sorry, Mountain Mama. Can't make everybody happy. You know? No, no, you can't. It's... But I mean, here's the thing. You know, everybody's different on any given day. Yeah. Like, yeah. I really wish, if you if you hear this, Mountain Mama, <laughs> please check out Viking Death Metal. Yeah, yeah. Because for me, that was one of the most fun episodes to do. I don't know. There's so many now. And that's where, like, no, I have a hard time. I was they... so jazzed. I was I jazzed with the music. Like, yeah. it just. It was fun. It was freaking fun, man. It was a lot yeah, of fun. It yeah. was. It was. But no, thinking, like, leading up to it, because we're mm-hmm. at episode 141 now. Um, oh, my word. So it always, la- I always laugh because, um, one more thing before we get too far. Uh, mm-hmm. We've received some mail from some people that are interested in collabs and things like that. I just want to let you know that I've read it and we're interested in multiple degrees with the different things we Correct. got. Correct. Okay. We asked and we got a response. We did. So we're very happy to hear that. Ask and, and you shall Glad receive. to hear you engage. Yes. So uh, it's definitely something we're looking into. 
Uh, we just hope you have patience with us because we're new at all this stuff. So. We have potential. You know. Mountain Dot Mama even said so. So yeah, we have just potential. bear with us. Yeah, folks. just got ditched that male host, man. <laughs> and I think you're on the stardom. Yeah. <laughs> you guys. Guys, hit yourself to my rising star. <laughs> but I always I always laugh because like there's things where they'll be like, Oh, you want to promote your podcast? Mm-hmm. You know, submit this thing or whatever, yeah. I'll submit. And then they go, uh, and I get what they're doing. They're trying to say, you know, hey, put your favorite episode here or you know, your most popular. Yeah. That's like and, tell it's saying to a parent, So yeah. which is your favorite child? <laughs> well, no, because even analytics it's hard because yeah. it's spread all over yeah. the place and we do a lot of different things. And I look and I'm like What's the podcast that I'm going to advertise to represent us? Because we're everywhere. We're, we're all over the place. And that's like our, yeah. that's our bread and butter. That's what like people that like approach me or yeah. give us these compliments. They're like, we love the variety you do. I never know what you're going to do next. And like, <laughs> here's the thing. We barely know what we're going to well, do. <laughs> no, but I mean, we are very secretive yeah. of the episodes yeah. and stuff like that. So not even like our family members or no. anybody knows, you no. know, so. It's a good keep prize it. yeah, for yeah. everyone. So, yeah. So I just wanted to let those folks know that have uh, written out to us through email or mm-hmm. reached out. Uh, definitely, there's some some people that we definitely uh, want to do some collabs with. Um, I don't have their names right off the top of my head, but I, there was to apologize in advance, folks. I'm a little bit gassy, and I yeah. really hope. <laughs> you know, I hope the you don't have let one rip. That's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it would ruin it for me. All of a sudden, Mountain Dot Mama would be like, you know, that male host is not so bad. He, he's no. he, he's not as loud as that other one. <laughs> no, I don't think uh, I don't think that's the case. But anyhow, episode one hundred and forty-one, we're uh, breaking new ground, Copernicus. We are our first sanitarium episode, Waverly Hills. Sanitarium. Wow. Yeah. So this uh, breaks open the floodgates for us on this because there's about a zillion sanitariums and mental institutions oh, and all this yeah. stuff we can do. And I had yeah. to sit there and laugh as like season three, episode 141, and we're breaking into these institutions. Okay, guys, I'm going to throw a little something out. We um stumbled upon, and I don't know if it's if they are still currently taping episodes, but it's uh, These Woods Are Haunted. Yeah. It originally aired on the Travel Channel, and now you can find it streaming. Wow. I mean, it kind of mirrors and partners well with with our stuff. Mm-hmm. You get your ghosts. You get your cryptids. Yeah. You it's get very your... heavy on the cryptids. It's you know, very but... heavy on the cryptids. Um, so I got to ask. Yeah. We'll postpone this off a little more. All right. Because I'm curious. Okay. So... Because I've gone, uh, I've come a long way since Expedition Bigfoot season one. <laughs> yes. To where I am yes. now. Yes. Yes. Um, so what do you think? Where are you on? On, on where on, am I landing? On cryptids. On cryptids. And these like evil apes and the, you know, even the kind of dog, like big dog type stories. Like, okay. Do you think it's all the same thing? Do you think it's separate? We'll start there. I jokingly said to you a couple days ago, Mm -hmm. what if Supernatural was really a documentary? (laughs) Documentary. All along? Yeah, yeah. Because I have to say, um, I'm going to be totally honest. Well, I hope so. 
I watched, we got everything right now. I watched the expedition. You're carrying Bigfoot. the show. I watched <laughs> these woods are haunted. I listen to um, there's a couple podcasts where people give their like scary encounters, mm-hmm. and I also read the Reddit forums. Yeah, and I'm going to say the eyewitness accounts. Oh, they're staggering. They do not, but they do not vary. No, but I mean, they're just staggering. They are staggering. There's too many to discount and to simply say all these people had, you know, like. Yeah, at this point. They imagined it. They just saw something out of the corner of their eye. They took and and they they recreated. So I'm, I'm still not sure where I land. I'm definitely in the. On the side of there's something. But there's... I mean, you believe they saw something. 100%. I'm the same way. 100%. Yeah. I believe they saw something. I can't say with certainty whether it's all the same thing and it just appears yeah. as something different to each person. I don't think so. I don't think it's that. So I think what we're dealing with mm-hmm. is. <sighs> I can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah, yeah. What if, what if there are angels, demons, werewolves? I'm not going to go so far as to say vampires, but shit, at this point, let's not rule them out. Let's not take anything off the table. Let's throw them on the back of the truck as it's driving away. I'm kind of leaning toward it all being real, like. Yeah. Maybe not in the way that we necessarily think. Yeah, no, take take all the movie stuff yeah, out. Yeah, 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 take yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the books and yeah. all that. Take all of yeah. that dramatization and stuff out. Let's right. just like brass tacks, like, you know, that's this is where this is where I'm struggling. Okay. I'll I'll help you out okay. here because I see you struggling. And I struggle too. Yeah. So if we were to go back to our book Bigfoot episode. Yes. I probably, if if I recall, I'd have to scroll through my notes quick, mm-hmm. but um, I I believed I was more at that point of, I think these are like demonic type things, mm-hmm. but I'm not ruling it out. People see what they, mm-hmm. they see, mm-hmm. you know, but now I'm totally spun around because you have the dog-like ones that are crouched like a dog. And then they stand up and they hear their bones crack and things like that. Which is exactly you know, what happens with werewolves. Which is the story of werewolves. So Correct. now you got to ask yourself, is this what started the werewolf story? Like, are these exactly. things that didn't is, evolve? Was, is you know? this the the precursor? Is this the... Or is this the werewolf, period? Exactly. This basic thing. Yeah. You know, yep. not no. a guy that changes no. into... Or maybe no. it is a guy who changes into a thing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, because... There's there's more further on this, and I really hope this doesn't hostily take over. But man, it's got the ingredients <laughs> to do it. So I apologize ahead of the time if you know we go nuts. But I purposely haven't talked to you about this because right. I wanted to get this genuinely on the show right. here. Yeah. So you have that. Then you have like the typical Bigfoot story. Yeah. Standing person. Yep. You know, man ape type yep. thing, but upright. Yep. Huge feet. Yep. Massive. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the face is all kind of. Well, I'm going to get to that, but 
you know, then you've got like the evil monkey thing where right. it's like this crazy monkey that kind of looks like a monkey, but then stands up. I call my, that demonic Bigfoot. Well, and my question is, is like, yeah, what you're talking about is different things. Yeah. So now we're not just talking about Bigfoot. Right. We're talking maybe something like a werewolf mm-hmm. or a Bigfoot mm-hmm. or there's this kind of creepy demonic thing that people are talking about mm-hmm. that just, you know, it moved real fast. Yeah. Like it was uh, it was behind me 100 feet. And then all of a sudden it was right within on seconds. top of me within yeah. seconds, mm-hmm. you know. And even just being that big, it can't stride that quick, right. like yeah. three leaps and it's there. Yeah. It's like there's no animal that does that. Exactly. You know, yeah. not from a stop. No. You know, yeah. I mean, even like cheetahs, as they get up to like 55 miles an hour, that takes some time. Yeah. They got to get it's them. Not, it's they not gotta, like <laughs> zero to 60 in 20 seconds. No, no. no. It, it takes some time to get Yeah. I mean. I don't know. I. They're, they're not going to beat Dominic Toretto in a quarter mile. No. You know? <laughs> No, but so, but so this is where I, I really struggle with it because I was, I was telling you is like, we watch these shows and we get really into it. What the hell? There's no body. That's what gets me is like, there's no bones. So if there's a Bigfoot cryptid fan that's listening Mm -hmm. and you have evidence like linked online evidence, I haven't researched this enough, obviously, but, but like, are there bones that just are not of this kind, you know, because like well, there's babe, no there's no corpses is what I'm me, getting at. Let me throw this out you know. to you. Yeah. Archaeologists discovered ape-like creatures, mm-hmm. like the pygmy version of a Bigfoot, oh, in a yeah. cave in some remote section. I believe it was in South America. Mm-hmm. But up until then, no one... No one even thought that could possibly even be a thing. And then all of a sudden they find a cave of these fossilized bones. And then they're like, well, shit. Okay, now we got to apologize to all the natives because we told them their stories were stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But what also also gets me, though, is they they talk about like, oh, well, you got the Neanderthals and the Mm Cro-Mags and all that. And that's our ancestors. That's who evolved. And it's like. I don't know about that because, you know, it's not like there's well, no gradual part. What about is the what people that have when they do the DNA test and they get a percentage back that says Neanderthal? Yeah. No, I know. That's that's where it all just kind of gets thrown up in the air. But what gets me with the Bigfoot stuff is they're like, well, it was quick. And then all of a sudden it just disappears mm-hmm. and it plays with the electronics and all that. It's like so demonic activity. Mm-hmm. So what if, and this is where I'm struggling to okay. get back to the part mm-hmm. where I'm struggling. What if you can manifest these into real things? And that tears open the whole idea of hell coming into earth. I think and- we've already discussed how that happens with the Gollum and the Tulpa effect. I yeah. mean, the Slender Man creepypasta, yeah. because so many people read it and heard about it, Slender Man is now a thing. There are sightings of Slender Man. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's I entirely mean, it's possible. Literally we're insane. bringing this shit to life. To the forefront. That we're yeah. doing this. Yeah, that we generate it yeah. through our belief. 
Which is amazing, you know, because you sit there and that's where I've learned in the last five years of my life in a major profound way that your beliefs can generate your reality. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, your beliefs can generate your reality. Mm -hmm. If you're a nervous wreck and you're scared of everything, then everything is a scary situation and everything's just going to pound fear into you. You created that bit, you know. And if you're super confident and you're super positive yep. and super, you know, into that, you're most of the time going to have a very mm-hmm. positive situation in the things that you walk into. Right. Yeah. And people are going to be positive mm-hmm. towards you. They're not going to be negative. No. You know, if you're full of love mm-hmm. and just full of just deep natured love and just true nature, just massive love, mm-hmm. forgiving love. People are going to be softer to you. They're going to right. be kinder yeah. to yeah. you because you're this kind person. Yeah. You're the you you're know, epitomizing even, love. Yeah. Even if someone did something bad to you, they're going to be like, oh, my God, how did they how could someone how could they do that? Done yeah. that to yeah. this person, mm-hmm. you know, of all people, you know, and and there's that that reality that mm-hmm. you create. Mm-hmm. And so you sit there and say, you know, how far is I don't it to manifest say that these people created this? No circumstance. No, I. I'm but going did to someone create it? Correct is my thing. And yeah. does that link together? And yeah. this is where it gets sticky. It gets very you know, sticky. It gets really sticky, and you got to ask yourself, like, how come people don't find these things? You know, they see them, right? You know, and then you hear these stories of, oh yeah, I had a three fifty seven Magnum, and I hauled off six shots mm-hmm. into their chest, and it didn't do anything. Yeah. It's like, well, the guy that shot at the werewolf did it, nothing. Yeah. Six. It, it made him mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And then that's where you yeah. got to sit there and say, wait a second. Yeah. You know, and if you don't know guns, like a 357 is it's a big gun. It's stopping power. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's going to stop a human dead, dead. in their tracks. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. So, so needless to say, out of this whole thing, I, I'm just, I'm getting sucked more and more into it. I, I really am. Like, I, 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 there's, I'm so spun around, man. Like, there's a part of me that wants to get into investigating all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. out in the field, boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. No, and, and that's Russell Acord in that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and that's where I think you and I are in a really great possibility, like, we, or a, a, a situation, because mm-hmm. we don't have kids. Mm-mm. We don't have those kind of responses. We got the pets. Yep. And that can be manageable. We're at a point financially where in a couple of years, we're basically going to be in really good shape. Right. You know, and, and that's and, why I want to do next year, bring in the cameras and mm-hmm. all that stuff to get used to doing that. But I want to start doing more on site yeah. stuff. Yep. And I want to do the podcast, but I also want to have like a documentary style special yeah. that we'll do. I've been yep. trying to figure out how to do video and we talked a bit about this the yeah. other day. Yeah. And I think we're on the same page with it, but it's I'd like to do a documentary type special once a month. Mm-hmm. And that'll be something we'll put on YouTube or whatever kind of streaming platform we're going to figure out for video or just put it on as many as we can, obviously, yeah. like we did with the podcast. But but stick with the podcast and have mm-hmm. that kind of monthly thing. Yeah. And um, the thing is, is I've heard a lot of people now are interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. There's people in our area that are interested in doing that. There's people that are interested back home mm-hmm. that I've talked to. And they're like, if you do that, I'm in, you okay. know. So so this is um, something very cool 
that I'd like to get into at some point next year. And then after that, we're in a position financially to where our bills are managed very, very well. And I'd like to get into these kind of bigger topics. Cause, so, question. Yeah. Hypothetically. Sure. We're out and about. Yeah. Say we find Big Sassy. Yeah. How does that how does that change your your See that's the thing. Thought I, system. I don't know how it would change my thought system because I I truly believe they're seeing things. These people. Yeah. I I, I don't I've never questioned that. Yeah. Cuz no, you just look at the testimonials. They see something. For me, it depends on the interaction. If it was insanely violent and I felt like my life was at risk like some of these are. Mhm. You know, I would be a little more apprehensive or cautious in going into a situation like that. Um, You know, if it was, I would just love to be, and I think this is what all these other people chasing after Bigfoot, the frustrating thing I think everyone's figuring out is there's no good photo. Like the best video is that guy from the 70s. Patterson Gimlin's film. You know, that just, that's the best. Yeah. And that's we're talking 40, 50 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and we have technology that yeah. is incredible right now yeah. of, you know, massive m- megapixel cameras well, with zoom lenses and stuff and drones and, and all that. And so I think maybe. that's, I think that's all it's not, I think that's all I'm after. Yeah. I think it just, people need, I think they need closure and assurance. You know, the other ones would be like, see, I fucking told you so. Yeah. You know, and I'd like to do that for the people that are struggling with mm-hmm. that, that don't want to tell these stories and don't want to seem like they're crazy. Right. You know, but the thing is, is, I mean, yeah, now you're going to get into the conspiracy theory stuff and people, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm sorry, but I just don't see in what space where the government isn't involved in something like this. I just don't see it. Oh, especially with the see... stories of Bigfoot and mm-hmm. Bigfoot being able to disappear. Yeah. Are you yeah. kidding? If the government could get their yeah. hands on that technology to, well, no, and then that's, to have a cloak of yeah. In, invisibility? Yeah. Now, now, and again, that's a different type of thing. You're talking a different kind of story. Mm-hmm. See, I don't think this is all the same thing. No. I think it's all different no. things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was telling you, I said, you know, well, what happened if, what would happen if, you know, like, say China was working on some, like, gene therapy Who's to say they have it? Mutation. No, I'm that's what I'm saying. saying. Like, these aren't man-made. These man- I'm not saying that yeah. these aren't supernatural. I'm yeah. saying it. it's likely any or all of those options. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm at, I think right I'm now. I'm at Supernatural was a documentary. <laughs> I'm going to go back and do yeah. a rewatch and I'm going to take explicit notes and that's going to become my hunter's journal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's um, yeah, it's 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 pretty incredible, and uh, I think. But back to sanitarium. Yeah, so Waverly Hills Sanitarium. Uh, my sources <sighs> are uh, the Waverly Hills uh, Sanitarium dot com. Yeah. Um, I did. It's a news place. K Y H I. So did I. And uh, Atlas Obscura. Mm-hmm. And uh, Discover America Blog dot com. And then there was uh, like a couple old newspaper articles of K-Y-H-I is KentuckyHistory.org. And I have that along with Travel Channel. 
Google.com. Oh, Imagine yeah. my surprise yeah. when I Google Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Mm-hmm. And one of the very th- first things that pops up is Waverly's website. And they're like, plan your trip. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. It's a freaking destination. <laughs> this, is, wait, this is open for business. Yeah. <laughs> So to speak, it's a it's a destination. Yeah, yeah. You can go there, and um, you can do. It's pretty cool because they do um, like public tours, mm-hmm. but you can also do a private mm-hmm. tour. Um, there's a historical tour, which yes. is approximately two hours. Yes, a paranormal tour, mm-hmm. which is approximately two hours. Mm-hmm. There's a public investigation mm-hmm. for six hours, and then you can do private investigations for up to eight hours. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the ones where I would love to get like a group of people privately and investigate and and see, yeah, what could what could be done and what could be uh, dug up. So let's get into this. Yeah. Why why is this a destination? Why would you want to go there? What's a what's a Waverly Hills Sanitarium? Well. In the early 1900s, Kentucky's hospitals were at a breaking point. The warm, wet weather was the perfect breeding ground for tuberculosis, which is an airborne bacterial disease that eats away at patients' lung tissue and had caused roughly 25% of all deaths in the United States by the end of the 1800s. That's nasty, boy. It is. So the area known today as Waverly Hill was purchased by Major Thomas H. Hayes in 1883 as the Hayes family home. Since any existing schools were a good distance away, Hayes decided to establish a one-room schoolhouse for his children to attend and hired a Ms. Lizzie Lee Harris as the teacher. Ms. Harris's, uh, she had a fondness for the all the author Walter Scott's Waverly novels. Mm-hmm. And she received Hayes's permission to name the schoolhouse the Waverly School. And in turn, he renamed the property Waverly Hill. That's where you get it. Bob's your uncle. Now we got our, our Waverly Hill. Now we got to work on our sanitarium. Yeah. At the beginning of the 20th century, Louisville, Kentucky, had one of the highest rates of tuberculosis deaths in the United States. The beginnings of industrialism as well as geographic makeup, were contributing factors. So nestled in the Ohio Valley, Louisville doesn't get a proper amount of fresh airflow. And in an attempt to contain the disease, a board of tuberculosis hospital was established in 1906. The search began for a proper location to construct the much-needed facility, and eventually they landed on the Hayes property, which was chosen for several reasons. First, it's distance from the city. Second, it's picturesque, tranquil view, which, you know, when you're sick and you're convalescing, a mm-hmm. nice view doesn't hurt. Nice beach. <laughs> Turns, Turns nest. nest. As well as its high altitude, yeah. which increased the airflow. The board decided to keep their name Waverly as they thought it had a peaceful sound to it. Sure. So in 1908... Ground was broken on what would become known as Waverly Hills Sanatorium. No one is quite sure when the second E in Waverly, it used to be W A V E R L E Y, and now it's W A V E R L Y. So over the next two years of construction, a two story wooden administration building, 
as well as two connected open-air pavilions on either side, each housed 20 male and 20 female patients, and they were built at a cost of $25,000. So the new sanitarium was officially opened on July 26, 1910. Due to the rapid increase of tuberculosis cases, the hospital, the original hospital, was soon at capacity. Even with the building of additional pavilions, space for patients was consistently at a minimal. So after careful planning, construction began on a new five-story brick and concrete sanatorium in March of 1924 with a design from local renowned architect D.X. Murphy. The new building now had a capacity of 400 and opened on October 17, 1926. However, with the discovery of a new antibiotic, streptomycin, in 1943, there was finally a way that they could combat tuberculosis. However, it wouldn't be until 1949 when streptomycin would be available to the patients at Waverly Hills. And this new treatment meant that newer cases could now be treated as outpatients in a regular hospital, and over the following years, the population of Waverly began to decrease until it closed in June of 1961. After being vacant for almost a year, the building was reopened in 1962 as Woodhaven Geriatric Center, a nursing home primarily treating aging pa uh, patients with various stages of dementia and mobility limits, as well as the severely mentally handicapped. Woodhaven was closed by the state of Kentucky in 1982 after a grand jury inspection found several patients were being abused in the degrading state of the facilities. Essentially, there's too many patients, they're being oh, abused, massively and understaffed this building and is now starting to get into yeah. a state of disrepair. It was massively understaffed. It was incredibly overcrowded, yeah. which happens to all of them places because- Anytime you, know. you take on the dementia, the aged, and mm -hmm. the yeah. severely mentally handicapped, you exceed your occupancy very quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's, it's not that these places start out with nefarious ideas. Like They generally start out helping people. The problem comes when they exceed the occupancy and the ability. There's a lot of it. There's yeah. there's the exceed the occupancy. There's the understaffed. It yeah. really takes a saint among saints to Deal work with that. Yeah. in, in mm -hmm. an environment like that. Then you get the um, aspiring medical professional that wants to fix it mm -hmm. and will get caught in their work and you get kind of this mad scientist yeah. uh, situation where they're doing all of this crazy stuff that, yeah. you know, people normally wouldn't do <laughs> do or or also even think of. Yeah, yeah but also participate in. Yeah. But now, you know, it becomes a part of the system and mm -hmm. and that's where it all kind of goes off rails. And then the tough part is, is they don't make money, no. you know, so it becomes this kind of drain administratively. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is, is the administrative part becomes bloat. Yeah. Because you got people that are working there that that's their life, that's their mm -hmm. existence. And then there's something to be said that, you know, and people find this with their jobs, you know, like you start getting nervous if you don't feel like you're valuable yeah. at your job. Mm -hmm. And so what you will do is create value. Mm -hmm. Now, that's done one of two ways. You either inflate your value yeah. and it's on a false pretense or you actually create value. Mm -hmm. Both work. 
Yeah. Um, one I think is definitely the more recommended path and kind of works out well for everybody. Yeah. But if you, that's what happens in a lot of these kind of um, state run organizations. And then there's also the, well, you know, if uh, we don't spend all this money, we lose it. Right. You know, so they got to spend all the money on something, yep. you know, so it's, oh, maybe we'll create a new program. Maybe we'll create this because we don't want to lose this. when you're dealing with a building that was built in uh, the 20s, I mean, I think you could safely spend your your money on any sort of maintenance (laughs) to keep it going. Yeah, but then that's where you get into complicated things with boards and stuff like that, because a board wants to see something that will make a difference. And so that's where it gets dumped all into the science. Mm -hmm. And then there's pressure on the scientists to you know, or medical professionals to do something with all the money that they're getting tossed at them. And this is where ethics make or break something. Yeah. And so this is where, you know, you start seeing ethics go the wayside. So I got to laugh because none of that works. So, you know, what should we do with this place? How about a prison? <laughs> oh, I got, they did a lot of ideas. No. Yeah. So the following year, 19, now we're, Back 83. to 1982. So in 83, most of the land on which the building sat were auctioned off and the main hospital building, several remaining facilities, as well as 40 acres were purchased by Simpsonville developer Jay Clifford Todd at a cost of $3.5 million. His plan was to turn the main hospital building into a minimum security prison for state use. However, after massive protest from the surrounding area, the plan was dropped. Another of Todd's plans was the refurbishing of the building into apartments. This also fell through due to lack of funding. Well, you got to do something with this. So in March 1996, Robert Elberhaski bought Waverly Hills. Elberhaski's intentions were to construct the world's tallest statue of Jesus on the site, along with an arts and worship center. The statue, which was inspired by the famed statue of Christ on Corcovado Mountain in Rio de Janeiro, would have been designed by local Louisville sculptor Ed Hamilton and architect Jasper Ward. The first phase of the development, coming in at a cost of $4 million, would have been constructing the 150-foot-tall statue, which would be situated on the roof of the sanatorium. The second phase was to convert the old sanatorium into a chapel, theater, and a gift shop at a cost of $8 million or more, and Elber Heskey's plan fell through as only $3,000 was raised in a year. The project... What gets me with that whole story (laughs) is, okay... The fact he got $3,000? We're going to do this in two stages. Two two phases. First, we got to get Jesus. First, we got to get a statue. Yes. So the statue they were proposing to cost $4 million yeah. for the statue. Yeah. And then the second phase yeah. was to convert and get a chapel, yeah. Yeah. a theater, yeah. a gift shop at a cost of $8 million or yeah. more. Like I just said. I know. But what I'm getting at is it's like, <laughs> like $8 million for all that other stuff, $4 million for just one statue. $4 million just yeah. for Jesus. I, yeah. Well, turns out you can't make Jesus for $3,000. Can't make Jesus, period. Can't make a hundred and fifty foot tall Jesus. No, I think that's the lesson (laughs) to be learned here. Don't try to make Jesus. 
It's uh, well, the project know. was canceled in December of 1997. Yeah, Over didn't. the next several years, the main building as well as surrounding structures fell into a state of abandonment and disrepair. Mm-hmm. So after Elberhasky's efforts failed, Waverly Hills was sold to Tina and Charlie uh, Mattingly in 2001. The Mattingleys have established the Waverly Hills Historical Society in an effort to raise funds to help restore the interior of the old sanatorium. And they do this through offering the tours. They do an annual haunted house held on the main building's first floor, as well as hosting private events in the restored laundry room. Mm -hmm. So the reason Waverly was so appealing, Waverly Hills specifically, and why that was chosen as the spot for the sanatorium because it was so high but also had the good airflow. Mm -hmm. Because tuberculosis was so highly contagious, they had to do extreme quarantine measures. And this was for the patients and the staff alike. So Waverly Hills had to function as like its own island. Yeah. The self-sufficient facility produced its own food, raised animals, and ran a functioning post office. It had its own zip code. That's crazy. It also featured a 500-foot-long tunnel that spanned the first floor of the building to the bottom of the hill. And that's the paranormal hotspot. Correct. But that was because supplies could be brought in from the bottom. However, this also meant the countless bodies of deceased patients Mm -hmm. could be discreetly removed from the top. Yeah. It's uh, 500 feet to the bottom of the hill. Yep. And it has a set of stairs on one side, which were the stairs that the workers were actually using. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side was this like cart that would move up and down uh, the staircase and that would transport the supplies and all that stuff. Yep. But yeah, that's where where they claim all of the hotspot activity takes place in there. So most of the... uh, Times when you're watching something that's done at Waverly Hills. Well. It's in there. Okay. So you could be thinking to yourself, all right. Self. How were they treating this then? Mm-hmm. So prior to the vaccine, treatments for tuberculosis ran the gamut from unobtrusive to barbaric. Physicians often prescribed rest, fresh air, and sunlight. These curative measures were often carried out in all seasons, including the depths of winter. Other approaches were more markedly brutal. In some cases, patients had their lungs surgically resected, which is partially removed, or collapsed in order to let the organ rest. With the introduction of the vaccine, case numbers plummeted, and that's why in 1961 the sanatorium was officially closed, However, because of these more brutal approaches to treating tuberculosis, they say that has left the pain and suffering of many souls, which has left a permanent mark upon the site, which is what has caused the attention of paranormal Mm-hmm. Visitors, there. It's on. It's regularly on paranormal lists worldwide. All the time. All the time In yeah. 2010, Zach Baggins and Aaron Goodwin of Ghost Adventures captured EVP, electronic voice phenomena, and their investigation also produced video evidence of a shadowy figure emerging from one of the rooms. I. Uh... 
This goes back I'm to what I... I'm not even going to say I'm conflicted yeah. by Zach Bagans. I, um, I see him as, like, your typical con man showman. Here's, here's I think, what happens with paranormal investigators, because I've met, I've met a lot of them, and we met some really great ones at the Horror Fest mm-hmm. last year, which, unfortunately, we couldn't do that this year, and that sucked, but well, we'll move on. There's always next year. Um, but, but basically, like, I think it, it all starts with the good intentions, yeah. Even with like these ones you see on TV, they started where nobody knew them mm-hmm. and they went somewhere with a recorder and they were curious. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take that away from them. No. You know, that's no. that's theirs and they have it and and I'll I'll stand next to it every day of the week. But I think there's a thing just like any other thing of celebrity mm-hmm. where celebrity happens. Yep. And then you get this big show. Yep. And now the problem is is now you're not just a dude in a recorder. No. Now you're the show. You're a show. Yeah. And there's people that, you know, that now there's people, you have to make money doing this, which before you weren't in it for the money, Mm -hmm. you know, but now you've got this show and you've got this money and you get a lifestyle, you live, Mm -hmm. you're not working, you know, you're not living in an apartment anymore. You have a house and you have these cars and, but you also have people that work for you. Yeah. And, you know, like the show that Zach Baggins is doing, I mean, like that's a... It's, it's a big a, show. It's a 30-person operation, I mm-hmm. would guess. 20 to 30-person mm-hmm. operation. And I was talking to um, uh, a friend of mine at a job I had previously where he was doing a lot of that work, and now mm-hmm. his brother still does it. They're agent paranormal. Yeah. And um, definitely check them out. They're a great, great bunch. And uh, But he doesn't do it anymore. But we were talking. It's like people got to understand these shows that are on the Travel Channel and mm-hmm. all this other stuff – there is a crew there. Oh, yeah. There's lighting. Yeah. There's all these electronics. Yeah. There's all this stuff. It's a production. It really is. It's a production. And and I think if you go into those shows where Zach Baggins is now and where things are, it's entertainment. Yeah. It's not a fact-finding mission or anything like that. It's entertainment. Well, somebody on Reddit you know. was saying the number of times he supposedly comes across something demonic yeah. and uh, behaves badly to... His team, mm-hmm. he's like, you're really getting possessed by a, de- a demonic entity in all of these places. He's like, but miraculously, it's gone when you leave. He's like, I don't think that's how that works. No, dude. it's not how it works. <laughs> you know, so a lot of it's a production. But let's yeah. let's entertain the fact that it does. Mm-hmm. This goes back to the supporting statement that I say that if you're going after something. Mm-hmm. You're going to create that. Careful what you wish for. No, and that yeah. gets back to what we were talking a little bit about mm-hmm. the Bigfoot and cryptids and all yeah. that stuff. It's like, are are you generating this? You know, um, and I'm not saying it's not real or anything like that, but but you could be generating this. So you're not following it anymore. You're just dragging it with you. And I yeah. don't think that's really kind of talked about much, but that's my problem with those big kind of over-embellished travel channel shows and yeah. stuff like that. It's like, there's a crew. I love the ones where it's basic. Yeah. You know, where you have the one person or two people and mm-hmm. it's just those two. And and you can tell because they're filming each other and mm-hmm. things like that. And I have a greater respect for any kind of footage that's found in that manner. Yeah. That's what I really love about the Bigfoot stories where people come up with these recordings. Yep. And they're like, look, it's just it was me, this other guy and my son. Yeah. And I had a recorder and this is what I got. Yeah. You know, and like that stuff is compelling to mm-hmm. me. 
That's the stuff that really gets my attention and gets me excited about those get things. Get your juices going? No, definitely. You know, and, and they're not even looking for any kind of fame or anything in that. Mm-hmm. They're just like, yeah, no, we have this and I don't go out in the woods anymore. You know, yeah. and I'm like, those stories are like, holy cow. You know, but this thing with the tunnel, yeah, the tunnel seems to be where all of it masses up. They do say in other areas. Yeah. You know, there's I, I, there's some things going on. I, I mean, would, you got a lot of death that happened there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I I would I could see why it would be the tunnel because you know, what if you're not all dead? What if you're mostly, mostly dead, dead? Yeah. and you die on your way through the tunnel? Yeah, and people I are could, just looking yeah. for spare change, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, Hello in there. <laughs> what do you got to live for? <laughs> yeah, I. it's definitely... It's something on my top 10 yep. of paranormal type places I'd like to go. Uh, my top? Bobby Mackey's Music World. Of course. I want to come for the ghosts, but stay for stay the music. Stay for the music. <laughs> sure thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's interesting because um, the Mattingleys that hold the tours and yeah. all this, they just had a um, a lawsuit that they were going through with the um, uh, the like historical society. society? Yeah. yeah. And um, I don't know what happened with that, and I didn't want to dive into the, the legal boring stuff of Waverly Hills. Yeah, I don't but have there, anything about that, but there I was, uh, do have. And I, I believe it got settled. Okay. Uh, so that's a thing of the past for them, and I think they're still continuing to do what they're doing. But it had something to do with, um, in short, the Mattingleys were taking the money, apparently, and building some sort of structure. I, I don't know. You know, I'm not even going to start any kind of uh, bullshit with that. But apparently it was settled. Okay. But So when Amy Bruni and Adam Berry of Kindred Spirits made their first visit, Mm -hmm. they recalled being struck by the powerful desperation they felt in the nurse's wing. So they returned in 2019 to try and resolve that energy, only to be met with something more menacing. So the Mattingleys have worked to get Waverly... um, to get its designation on the National Register of Historic Places. And prior to that, it had been left to decay. The abandoned hospital gained notoriety as a popular ghost hunting spot for local teens and lovers of the paranormal, and it didn't disappoint. Countless stories emerged of shadow people, ghostly children, and this cemented the building's sinister reputation. And in 2001, Charles and Tina purchased the property, began its restoration, Volunteers soon had their own encounters to add to the growing lore. Many reported unexplained slamming doors, sightings of a mysterious man in white drifting throughout the corridors. Others had run-ins with Timmy. He's a spectral boy who roams the hallways and likes to play ball. And when the facility officially opened to the public for tours, visitors continued to corroborate these experiences. Yeah. Essentially, they were having these same experiences. And then the notorious hospital was, um, it has attracted the interest of the paranormal investigators from across the country. And though its doors have been closed to patients for more than half a century, it does seem that most of the, or some of the occupants have not left mm. Waverly. Mm. 
And um, Destination Fear also did an episode on Waverly. I think it was in there. It was in season three. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you'd like to get more on Waverly, you can check that out. And also, if you're by the area there, uh, during the fall, they do... Um, yeah, don't they do a haunted house? Yeah, they do haunted houses and... Um, you know, that's up through Halloween. They do that that whole piece there. So it's become this kind of haunted attraction in that regard. And they, they stage houses in the fall. Right. They run go- ghost tours for the rest of the year. So that's basically how they're uh, so keeping things together over there. The KYHI.org site yeah. has the Waverly Hills Sanatorium Patient Death Index. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. They also have blueprints. It's not complete. Correct. Which they was do. pretty cool of the whole um, facility. They don't have access to the records, so you'd have to check back regularly for any updates. It's not like they have these records at hand and they can update accordingly. But they, uh, man, from 1911 to 1919. Yeah. And, and this, is, this is in its first... 10 years. Oh man, it was a lot of people died. Yeah, I think what was it at one point? It's, uh, in it's dozens. Like three years, there was, um, I think, yeah, 1915. Uh, here's one note I have that the sanatorium's capacity was listed at 170 patients in all stages of disease, including children and adults. Yep. And this was of all nationalities and like they were taking everybody yeah. in there what it wasn't like they... in, in the 1911 to 1919 index the youngest patient was one month old and the oldest was 70 yeah yeah no and that's it you know and, and it's and it's weird because from like 1920 to like in 1920 there's Six deaths. Yeah. In 1911, there's dozens. Yeah. It's, it's I think crazy. they said in that area, I can't speak for all over the place, but in that area, they were saying that one person was dying per day of tuberculosis. In that area. Oh, I not don't. Not the country. Just, I don't doubt Just it. that area. And that's where, you know, I think and people. And this isn't even the full list. No, exactly. Exactly. You know, and that's and that's where people got to realize, like, that's a true pandemic right there. That's yeah. a true yeah. deal. You know, I know there's people that are saying, oh, you know, with COVID, it was this and that and whatever. But it's like, yeah, you start reading the history of t- tuberculosis and things like that. Yeah. And you have these small you got to remember this area was excluded for a reason. Mm-hmm. They were just sending people out there, you know, and. You know, that yeah. small area is averaging one death per day for yeah. two years. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, just, until uh, streptomycin, there yeah. there was no treatment. No. So you were essentially being shif- shipped off to die. And they were freaking trying everything yeah. for a treatment. I yep. mean, just absolutely everything from trying to even just keep the bodies away mm-hmm. from people so they wouldn't seem to keep morale yep. up. Yep. Um, they would That's why try... they had the tunnels. Yeah, that's that's definitely what brought the tunnels in, and um, they were using heat lamps. Mm-hmm. They were using fresh air. 
uh, they were, you know, positive talk and reassurance. I mean, like just desperate, you know. And, hey, girl. Uh, hey, you look good today. You're crushing it. <laughs> you're crushing it, man. You know. And but at the peak of disease, you know, you just start seeing just this death all around you, yeah. you know, and just the sight of the dead being carried away in view of the yeah. patients is going to throw yeah. your morale because you're like, yeah. hey, man, that's going to be me someday, you know, and just, uh, yeah, I to hang on to hope into something like that. That's a real powerful. Uh, it's a powerful thing, you know, but that's where you hear some of the most incredible stories of hope yeah. is in those crazy times where people are literally saying i just need to get through this morning i need to get through this afternoon i need to get through this evening you know and just that you know great story is like anne frank mm -hmm. like the diary of anne frank mm -hmm. of just that just for how long they were upstairs above that store mm -hmm. and had to be quiet all freaking day and then yep. at night let loose with being able to talk and just hang out yeah. a little bit and stuff like that. And it just, uh, and to do it for that long and just know that any moment it could yeah. just end, Yeah, you know, that hope and perseverance, it's incredible. Uh, it's amazing what people, you know, people are capable of, mm -hmm. but yeah, this, I definitely like to check out. I would yeah. just like to check it out from a historical perspective. Yes. Same. Um, and then, yeah, the paranormal stuff would be extra. Right. But yeah. but no. from a historical standpoint to just like, you know, how that came to be, why it was built, what, it, you know, the, the purpose that it served. And just because, I mean, you look pictures, you look at pictures of it. It's huge. Oh, it's mammoth. It's massive. You know, this isn't just some little thing that like you drive. This is a massive deal. And like you mentioned earlier, like they were self-sufficient. Yeah. You know, they had yeah. their own gardens and they had their yeah. own just like uh, cemetery and they had everything if you were to tell little childhood jennifer yeah that she was going to dig history and enjoy history mm -hmm. she probably would have laughed in your face really really hard what was little jennifer into i know you're into books i was i was into books yeah. i was into gardening mm -hmm. shocker yeah um uh, i I was into crafts. Mm -hmm. I was, no. I think it can, it can all be boiled down into one thing. As a kid, I was interested in learning. Yeah. I was interested in learning new things, mm -hmm. new tasks, new. But history didn't do it. History, oh my God, I hate it. It can be really it. boring. That's what people oh. don't get. Like. So here's the thing. I read a book and it was written by historians. And it's a book that my aunt had had bought and oh I remember when I picked it up because it was it it's fascinating it's supposed to be a story of historians finding the burial place of Jesus mm -hmm. so you're automatically I'm like okay yeah what you got what you got in here and I gotta tell you um I used to have this thing where if I started a book I had to finish it yeah period yeah. the end yeah this book that broke the rule. No, I I will proudly say I finished it. You powered through it. But this was when I was a nanny, and I would read while the 
the two older kids would go off to school mm-hmm. and the youngest, she wasn't even in preschool yet. Yeah. So she would come in and she would play. Mm-hmm. I would We wouldn't watch TV or anything. She would play and I would read. And I know I fell asleep several times reading this book because I would wake up to Julia going, cock-a-doo-doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> took me and I'm not proud to say this a month to get through like a hundred pages yeah. because it was such a slog oh my god I was like history books are tough that way because it's all just kind of very factual timeline direct and to the point yeah. honestly if they had kept if they had just because it was written by the two historians if they had just printed, the last hundred pages of that book, mm-hmm. it would have been, honestly, the best thing I had ever read. Yeah. I understand they were setting up the, all of the, the details. They're giving you the background. They're, they're getting you acquainted where with where this is and how this is happening. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, ah, you couldn't have made this any more boring. If you tried, like it was horrible. I can't even say with any, I can't even tell you what those first two pages, 200 pages were about because I slept through apparently most of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I reread just like a paragraph over and over again for about a week. Mm-hmm. And I, it was just like, I would get through that. I'd get to the last word of the paragraph. It's kind of like me and, um, Cold Mountain. I've never made it through that movie. I know. <laughs> I never have. I've attempted it at least 10 times. Never. Yeah. I've never made it. That's a good movie. More than mm, 30 minutes in. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. The only time I've made it further is if I jumped into it further into the movie, mm-hmm. but I still only last about a half hour and I'm out. It was a good movie. It definitely. I'm sure uh, it was. Everybody was talking about uh, it, so I was like, and I think it was. It really kind of captured like that struggle of a relationship mm-hmm. with like your, your, your spouse going out to war, and you've got to manage like this life yeah. at home that's broken. Yep. You know, it's not easy at, by any means, and it's not like it was easy to begin with. It was a hard life period, but, but I remember how I got into history. My gateway was learning about the pyramids in Egypt. And, like, to me, as a little boy, mm-hmm. that was, like, incredible. It's oh. like, wait a second. So then I read a history book on uh, the Civil War, and it sucked. Yep. It was so boring. It was just the whole, like, on this mm-hmm. date, this happened, this date, blah, blah, blah. And I was struggling with it. And then um, uh, a friend of mine was reading, and he was the one that got me into it. He's like... It's like, dude, the Civil War book, it's like, it's un- unreal, you know. And and I, so I was like, oh, I'll just pick up a Civil War book. And so yeah, I, turns I, out it doesn't yeah. work that no, way. No, it didn't work that way. And I was like, dude, I was like, this one sucks, you know. And yeah. he's like, well, you can read this one after I'm done. Right. And I read that one, and that one was amazing. And you're like, oh. No, because here's what I was get cool what about it's it. About. It did the whole timeline, yep. and it did all that stuff. Yep. But interwoven in it was my personal favorite. Old letters and journal entries and things like that. So they spliced the life 
into that. So and, what got me into history yeah. was Ken Burns' Civil War. Okay. Because yeah. he incorporated, he had the historical documents, he had mm-hmm. the maps, he had the letters. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I get this whole thing. Yeah. And then it was history of Western Civ in college. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a guy who genuinely is interested in sharing the details of history, but he only shared like the juicy nuggets. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, there's a way to approach this whole thing. And it wasn't until we actually went to Salem where it all just kind of came together for me. And that's when I was like, oh, actually... I don't have a problem with history. I have a problem with how certain people present history. No, exactly. And that's the flaw. Yeah. See, I got a really crash course into history as a kid because I had my great-grandfather. He was still alive. Yeah. And he was incredible. Yeah. Because, like, he remembered everything. Mm -hmm. See, what happened was is my great-grandfather and my great-grandmother, they both lived in 96. Right. But my great-grandmother lost her mind. Right. But had her physical ability. She right. was strong. Strong like bull. Oh, man. She grabbed your hand to shake it and, like, she would freaking crush it. Yeah. You know. And, I mean, sweet, but yeah. just very big stock. Yeah. You know, strong. Now, my great-grand... And she was... Oh, she'd talk and talk and talk and talk. And she was a social butterfly. Yeah. And my great-grandfather... You, you yeah, have holy. that from her. Really? You think? <laughs> so... My, uh, but my great grandfather, very quiet. Like he was a man of few words. Yep. And like when he spoke, like it was something you should fucking listen to. Right. You know, and, um, amazing player at checkers. I think I've said it before. Oh, yeah. I mean, just like unreal, like insane. And, uh, I remember we were at his funeral, his service. And like, I remember my uncle Jerry or my cousin Jerry saying, you know, I never ever did beat him at checkers. And, yeah. and everybody turned and we were like, yeah. I didn't either. And we realized that everyone there, no one, no had, one beat him. No one you know, had beat I mean, him. Yeah, no, yeah. it was crazy. And he was this old minor, European minor and farmer. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's just a guy of the land and yeah. like your typical blue collar person at the States, you know. But he just was that fortunate generation. And I say fortunate in my position, which is pretty irresponsible. But I say it just from an exposure to things. Um, but I mean, no, he grew up in a real hard life. He got over here during the great depression, Mm -hmm. got a job as a dishwasher. Mm -hmm. And he would say, yeah, being a dishwasher in New York city during the great depression was better than Slovakia. Just normal, you (laughs) know, and and that really just kind of puts shit into perspective perspective for you. So yeah, I had this historical relic around me. My whole life, once he moved from Jersey right. up to, you know, north of Saratoga Springs. And um, and so I would just talk to him all the time, yeah. you know, because like, he saw electricity for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, that was invented in his yeah. lifetime. He would have seen an airplane. The first airplane. His story of the first airplane is fucking insane. Yeah. I was talking to him. I go... I mean, it was my buddy Topher and I. We we're like, you know, we go over to my grandparents to swim in their pool. And uh, 
you know, we get to talking to him because, I mean, Topher was the same way. He's like, this is the most interesting person yeah. I've met, yeah. you know, because he just, he had all these amazing stories. And, uh, and you know, so we'd just sit there and talk to him and, you know, and he'd like watching us swim and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just got pleasure of seeing the later part of life right. there to yeah. the best he could. But uh, I remember we were asking, it's like, yeah, you know, what was, when did you see the first airplane? He's like, oh, in the war. Mm-hmm. He's like. I was sitting there on my horse. He goes, and this, you know, I'm on a, like a patrol or a guard. Mm-hmm. And, um, all of a sudden this plane flies over me. <laughs> We're like, were you scared? And he's like, ah, we went back, got a couple more guys on horses. We took it down. <laughs> and I'm just like, holy shit, you know? And it was just all stories like that. Yeah. They were incredible. And, uh, I look now at how blessed I was to grow yeah. up with that because, I had this unfiltered, unagended, yeah, like no. You had firsthand accounts of history. Yeah, just these true yeah. accounts of history, yep. and uh, and there was no narrative behind mm-hmm. it. There was no. It was just what I call now boots on the ground history. Yes, like it was yes. just all boots on the ground stuff, and it, and it was just amazing. Like he saw the first car. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he saw cars become what they were. And like he was explaining to me as a kid, he's like, he's like, it's all different mm-hmm. now. He's like, he's like Henry Ford, you know, when he did those cars, he's like, you know, people complain about how expensive cars are and all that. And they look at how cheap it was. It's like you had to be not only rich to own a car, but you had to know how to work on a car. Yeah. Because there was no mechanics then. Right. You know, there was none of this stuff. No. They didn't even have garages then. No. Because you didn't have cars. Right. That was later. Yeah. So, you know, this is what people of today, because I saw I saw a, a, a reel on Instagram or like TikTok or something. And it was this chick talking about how the um uh the Great Depression that we're going through what's called a silent depression, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to argue with you. Mm-hmm. It's not the greatest of times. I'm mm-hmm. not getting at that. But she was trying to say that the Great Depression was better than now. And I'm sitting there like, you are so detached from that time period. Yeah. You have no idea what you're no. talking about. And I'm detached from it. Right. But what I have is this firsthand account of, of someone I like. talked to, yeah. what it was like at the time. He, right. he was yes. alive. He was yeah. there. And he's talking to me and like he mentioned like automobiles. He goes, yeah, it's real easy to sit there and say, oh, well, automobiles cost this much. It's like, no, there was no mechanics. No one knew how to work on the engines because they were new. Yeah. You know, they they didn't have garages. They would they would catch fire all the time because the fluids would leak and all that. So you had to be wealthy because not only did you buy a car, but you also there was no gas stations. So you would have these drums, these 55-gallon drums of storage of fuel Mm -hmm. at your house. And that's where the fire started because you're sitting on like 100 gallons worth of fuel. Yeah. You know, which you normally didn't have. But so to own a Model T then, or a Model A actually was the first ones that came out, you had to have the car. You had to know how to work on the engine. You had to have fuel there. Yep. And you had to know where you were going if they had fuel and all that type of stuff. It was a real wealthy person's game. Yes. He said, but what made Henry Ford amazing with cars, there's this whole World War II thing that he was a terrible guy of. Yes. I'm not going to whitewash that. But with cars, he he made cars cheaper. Right. Which no one has ever done. Right. You know, his goal was to get a car for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so they started out as as thousands of dollars 
you know, mm-hmm. a, a one thousand or two thousand, whatever. But in his heyday, he dropped them down to like eight hundred bucks. Yeah, I'm forty eight years old, mm-hmm. and I've never seen the price of a car go down no. in my forty eight years. No. It was a different attitude then. No, it was it's consistently gone up. Different everything, you know, and it's just those things that unfortunately people have lost touch with. And then the longer time goes on, mm-hmm. they totally lose sight of it. And, it's, mm-hmm. and that's where I say I'm truly blessed that I grew up with that man. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know, just all the stuff. I mean, I wish I was in today's era with that type of person because I would do a podcast with him. Oh, yeah. And just every day we yeah. just talk about different stuff. Yep. You know, I mean, I just, uh, you know, but unfortunately it's not. <laughs> so it's all mine to keep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah, if you're interested in uh, going to Waverly Hills Sanitarium, you can go year round. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, year round they have the different uh, things that you can do. The historical tour, yep. Yep. the paranormal tour, the public investigation and the private investigation. Uh, you know, those things you have to make appointments or reservations for probably, I would imagine. And then coming up through fall is where they have more of the kind of haunted house yeah. uh, type yeah. things and all that stuff. So, yeah, if you're near the area or it's a bucket list thing, go, go for it. it. And if yeah. you think it's awesome and you got a great experience and you want to share and it with like us. And you'd like to share. Yeah, definitely. Reach, reach out to us. Reach out to us. We'd at love OTH to. OTH at SeriouslyDecent.com. Yeah, yeah. You know, might even put you on as a guest. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. So I mean, we kind of talked about Waverly in this episode. <laughs> no, I think we did. Yeah. No, I just, the Bigfoot thing's been so consuming. Oh, yeah. And like I said, it's not just a Bigfoot thing. You've got these other yeah, things, yeah, you yeah. know, and it's just such a deeper discussion on it. It's, uh, it's well, amazing. You know, might have to revisit it. I don't have a problem yeah, with that. Yeah, we can't do that in the next couple of weeks because we just blew this here, but I don't know. If you want to hear more about that stuff, let us know. Yeah. That's a, but next week. Next week, we're going to talk about a little bridal shop in Mexico. And you're like, guys, what's it got to do with horror? Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to talk about a specific mannequin that gets an awful lot of attention at this uh, bridal shop in Mexico. And you're going to have to tune in next week to find out what the deal is with this mannequin. To find out what the deal with the mannequin. Yeah. Yeah. In this bridal shop. In this bridal shop. Yeah. It's such a weird story. It really is. <laughs> it's so weird. It's There's so, so many weird. weird things. And that's what I love about like how we branch out and all this stuff. Because yeah. there's just so much fodder to grab off of. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's what I get frustrated when people make stuff up. Yeah. It's like you don't have to. No. There's so much real There's shit so much out there. Real weird shit. Yeah. You don't, you have, don't to, have to make your own. Yeah. You don't have to make it's up not stuff. It's a competition. You guys. don't have to over dramatize no. or anything. You know, no. and, and no. that's uh yeah, that, that really gets gets under my craw. You know what burns you up? Jesus. Yeah. So with that being said, yes. rule number one. No Ouija boards. No, please don't. Can't believe I still have to say it. It's the biggest gateway drug, period. I, <sighs> it really truly Every is. time we get in and we read on something stupid, it's it's it all starts with a Ouija board. It, Just fucking don't. It's like 80% of it. <laughs> yeah, it's you like, know. come on, guys. Yeah. It's so easy. If you just don't touch it, <laughs> yeah. you're fine. Yeah, you're already crushing life. Yeah. Number two. No dolls. Yeah. Period. They're, they're creepy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, 
dolls and clowns to me have started to like uh, merge. You See, know. clowns don't bother me. I don't know what it is, but dolls, especially the. I mean, neither of them bother me per se, but. There's a tendency there that I see where I'm like, this feels like it could go wrong more than it could go right. Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. Three? No capes. No, no. Four? No blood rituals. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I can't believe we have to tell you Again, that, can't too. can't believe we have to say that, but, you know. Germ we... theory, guys. It doesn't have to go any farther than that. Yeah. I have. Has there ever been a story of a good blood ritual? No, not you one. Know. Not a single one. It always goes bad. Other than There's Christ. There's always death. You know, which but that wasn't Christ, a, blood not even a blood ritual. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean. It's a fucking miracle, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Next rule. No cults. Yes. Satanic or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. No. But I guess you don't really know you're in a cult when you're in a cult. So. That's what they say. But, but yeah, there's that one point yeah. where they're like, where you're like, am I in a cult? No. If and you ask yourself that, you're in a cult. No, there's that one point where someone's in a cult and they say, yeah, I don't agree with this anymore, but they can't, they're in too deep yeah. and they can't leave. And that's. Can't let it go, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's quitting. When you feel you have to quit, you waited too long. Yep. You got to quit before it feels like yeah. quitting. Yep. Next rule. No apathy. Yeah. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. Definitely. What would be after something like apathy? How about you don't engage with black-eyed children, <laughs> no animals, way. people, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. if if there's not a white, we got a whole pupil, episode on it. You know, we do. If you're if you're if you like, I don't know. You know, if they don't bother me, yeah. Well, you need well, to listen to the episode. I don't bother you until they bother you. Till, so till you look at them. Exactly. You know. So again, don't yeah. engage with them. Yeah. Last but not least. Just listen. Yeah. Yeah. Just listen. Just listen and have an awesome beginning to fall here. Yes. It's a short time of year <gasps> where white chicks are just gonna go nuts with pumpkin. It's and- hot season for us ladies it sure is so let's embrace this shit let's be honest we're only gonna have about a week maybe two of actual fall weather where it's you got the crisp crunch of the leaves and you can wear your sweater and you can just be comfy and cozy and have a nice hot latte and then the next (laughs) week it snows i'm i'm gonna go with there's gonna be a good month of fall I'm going four, from your mouth to God's I'm ears. I'm going four weeks. I'm putting the good feels out there. Okay. I feel like if we put them out there now, we'll get three weeks. <laughs> I'd even be happy with two and a half. Yeah. I'd just like a little bit more. Yeah. That's the tough part of it. Yeah. Like it it got it got nice and cool. Like it wasn't jumping up into the eighties. It's cooling down at night. I get up in the morning and it's got that haze from the September from though. the dew. Yeah. And then oh, kids are gonna go back to school. Well, why don't we jump back up to about eighty, almost ninety? Because it's September yeah. and it still gets hot in September. And it's like you know, it's always gotten so hot in September. I know, but you still know? a girl can dream. Well, yeah, but there's you know, there's kids that want to play sports and, and do things. It you still know? smells like fall in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to Sensi. 
you, Sensi. <laughs> so with that being said, thank you for everything. Thank you for reaching out to us and yeah. contacting us. And thanks for following and subscribing and rating and reviewing and all those. And just being and, amazing and fantastic. And those who don't want to get it caught into all that stuff, just thanks for hitting play every exactly. week. And um, we hope... Uh, we can deliver a great fall as far as episodes. We're excited to uh, to get into that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we just hope you have uh, a, a good couple of months. Yeah. You know, because it is short and sweet. It is. And then the next thing you know, you try to overbook yourself and, you know, try to do too much. But The next thing you know, you know you're like, what are we going to have for Thanksgiving? Yeah. And then you just finish Thanksgiving and you're like, it's Christmas already. Yeah. But if you're uh, if you're in the rural to suburb area, visit that local person that grew pumpkins all year. Yeah, you know, and get a couple pumpkins and some. Listen, if you're in a rural area, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to get multiple pumpkins because squirrels are assholes who don't realize that pumpkins aren't there for a huge snack. And you know, I can't tell you. How many times I see the pictures of a desecrated no. pumpkin. You know what I'm going to go with that? squirrel went crazy. No. no. You know where I'm going with that? Mm. They feed those squirrels. I find yeah. that people that have problems with squirrels is they feed squirrels. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't feed squirrels, they're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Here's the thing. Turns out squirrels are pretty good at scavenging food for themselves. So you don't necessarily have to provide it for them. Or there's someone that hasn't figured out that feeding them is the bad thing. Yeah. So just let them all migrate over that way. Yeah. Yeah. And you keep your pumpkins. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's a it's an easy mm-hmm. deal. Easy deal. But if you're in the Northeast, get some pumpkins. Yep. Get some uh cider donuts. Yep. Get some cider. Get some good cider. You know? Well, you know, if it's your first time out there, just get your feet wet. You know, you know what you should get? Apples and cider. Don't even. Apples and cider. Don't, don't, don't even. <laughs> and if you don't live anywhere near uh, <laughs> between Cobleskill and Utica, you just, you just ruined a lot of local stays right there. Or they're singing it right now. <laughs> And, and it's in their head all day. And they're, the only way to get it out is to sing it in its entirety. And when you do, you spread the earworm to everybody else that knows the song. Yeah. Okay. Hi. So with that being said, I'm sorry for the earworm that just got infested in your <laughs> life if you're from central New York. Uh, have a lovely day, an amazing week. And maybe make good choices. <laughs> Take care.